Welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. Very animated this week, the Pork. Well, I got a lot of customer feedback from last week. <laughs> last week, too, so I, I was a little bit down. Telling a secret. Yeah, telling I'm you. Blake. I'm Blake. And Are you? you? Yes. And you're listening to the third most popular Camp Raiders podcast coming from a damp and dark cold and, and slightly miserable and filthy, filthy story. Buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal. No, we won't. No, we That's won't. That's right. Pork? No, we will not. <laughs> Got to remember to call you Pork, not call you Tim all the time. No, that's right. That's Confuses right. people. Really? Yeah, shouldn't. Um, and we're brought to you with a very dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Camberator's number one fan forum. Uh, get on board and get engaging with some robust conversation with your fellow Raiders supporters. Also brought to you with a cash money sponsorship from Landspeed Records. Come in and get your CDs, your vinyl, your T-shirts, your clothing, all manner of paraphernalia from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must love the Canberra Raiders because it's not been fun, Blake. No, look, Sunday, well, what am I saying? Saturday night was, I mean, most people had already given up on the season, and that said, you know, that was a sensible thing to have done. I still was glimly hanging on to some hope that, hey, if we win this game, you know, results go away, we could make the top eight. But I have well and truly drawn a red line through our season as of Saturday night. I think from this point on, um, you know, let's blood some youngsters. Let's maybe uh, see if we can organise some sort of swan song for Jerry Croker, mm. send him out in style. You know, because we can forget about making the finals. We can well, forget about I, I having any impact on the about season. The, the fire, missing out of the Have you seen may, the draw? You know, Have you seen we the may draw? Still make the. It is possible we will make the finals. I can guarantee you I now believe, we will know we'll not make the finals. I, I believe under the current circumstances, with the current rules as they're being played, um, even if we made the finals in seventh or eighth, which is the best I think we could possibly do. Um, it, you just grist for the mill on the first oh, week. It's, it's like when we had the old the McIntyre system one versus eight. Yeah. We'd play the Roosters the first week of the finals and yeah, we'd get yeah. absolutely annihilated. Yeah, and that's what you were there And for. what always happened with one versus eight until the one year when it didn't happen, when the Storm managed to lose to the... Uh, to the Warriors, Warriors yeah. and we got knocked out. We got, got knocked, knocked out, out after we lost to the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, that's no, right. we lost to the Sharks. Was it? We came fifth or something, so we were pretty much... We were we came sixth, and we pretty much thought we'd be right for, to make it the second week, but no. No. We were gone. We were gone. Gone. We were gone. But yeah, look, it's, the game was was quite dispiriting, but at the same time, quite uh, inevitable, mm. and so it didn't come as a huge shock. But uh, even at the end, there, I still had some hope. Right up until the point where um, Sam Williams decided to throw the ball into Chen's head when he was running the decoy line, and he had about three players at the back he could have given it to, and probably any one of them would have scored. But yeah, that was that was the moment that I finally. I finally gave up. Well, but I, what I think the problem is, we're just not playing the right style of football. You can blame the rule changes, you can blame COVID, but also, you know, those things have happened and maybe they've affected us more than other teams. We have not adapted. We'd be better off going back to the style of 2016, 2017, 2018, no, where no. we had to score 30 plus points to win a game. Because right now, we're not going to hold a team to 12 points no. and beat them 18 12. No, no. The no. way that you hold teams now to a low score is you score 50 or 60 yourself and you totally strangle them of, of possession. But you can't just play... We had we built our success in recent years on the back of a very simple game plan and it just doesn't cut it. 
Well, I have a different theory on this. I'm not saying I definitely disagree, but I think what's actually gone here is on here is we have displaced God, and we've displeased God, and though we've had COVID, we've had injuries, we've had player disputes sent down to us in plagues and locusts and famines in those fights, and until we make some form of sacrifice, until we sacrifice something and burn it, things aren't going to get. Better. I'm willing to sacrifice Curtis Scott. Curtis Scott, okay, <laughs> on, the, on the chessboard, and if we sacrifice Curtis, maybe that will solve the displeasure, and we can get things back on track. And then, then that's probably, what I'm thinking it, for. It, so it, it probably, it probably won't. I, I put forward this theory to the the Raiders board, who are now considering it, um, and uh, we'll we'll see what comes to that. But I I personally think um, that someone has displeased God, and we need to find that heretic. And in all seriousness, no, the 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 dramatic slide, the position we find ourselves in now, it's it's pretty damn well depressing to have gone yeah, from, know, from it, you know 12 months ago we we're like this is such a, a, a well-run machine everything's going well mm. players want to come to this organisation mm. you know now we feel like we'd struggle to bring anyone in well that's what we're saying but I, I still don't think we've I don't I still don't think we need to pull the, the, the emergency I can't recall a dramatic slide yeah, and but, disaster but it slide has, it as, has as, been COVID is at the guts of this COVID's what definitely sealed the deal on Bateman going. COVID's what meant that George Williams went. And those two destabilising things were absolutely massive. On top of those things, then you've got um, key injuries happening at places. C&K is absolutely point on because that's absolutely disrupted our back area. And while he was on the field, we weren't too bad. The instincts come off. We've struggled ever since then to cover that up. Then we've had all sorts of troubles in the centres. On top of that, we have had issue on top of issue on top of issue, and most of them have been out of our freaking hands. And the thing is, you can say, and people say, oh, it's a badly run club, this person's to blame, that's fine. If you're not looking at the other external factors that were completely out of their hands, which is what centres on this dive, and then all it takes is a little bit of this and that going wrong, a discontent and an explosion, and then it all falls to pieces. But what we're doing now is like saying, oh, God, it's all fallen to pieces and we should burn the rest of the house down. No, the infrastructure's still up around it. What we need to do is is grow some more crops. And, and that's what we've got to be working on here. So your idea before of blooding the youngsters and getting them up and giving them some matches is exactly the right idea. And while not giving up, our, our focus should be on doing that, trying to make seventh and eighth so all of those kids at least play in one finals match. So they've got that experience because that's really valuable. But, um, you know... I haven't seen a slide this disastrous since Penrith after they won the comp. And, I mean, look at the circumstances around that. It was much worse than what we had now. I mean, you can point to examples I, of... But I think it's the same sort of out-of-their-hands slide that went, went on there. When, when Benny Alexander died in, in 92, that destroyed that side. You know, morally, you're like, they, they, how do you turn up and do a match? When you've got John Bateman doing, you know, that sort of stuff last year, with COVID meaning you're in a bus, getting to the ground half an hour before the match with no warm-up time, and that's what you're doing week in, week out, that's dis disruptive. Losing Josh Hodgson to a knee injury, that's bloody horribly disruptive. Then coming through this year with the COVID crap still going on, losing your English players because they want to go home and someone's offering them more money, that shit's out of your hands. You know, if we then go and look at the things that are in our club and are going to stay at our club, e.g. Ricky and Don, yeah, I'm sure they've had some bonus in this. There's some things they've done this season I bet they wish they'd done differently. And I wish I, they'd done them differently too. But do you know what? If I was in their position, and this maelstrom, this cataclysm of continual shit that's been raining down on their head just keeps coming, eventually you do say Michael Douglas style and falling down. I've had enough and I'm not going to take it anymore. I want my damn... 
bacon and egg McMuffin. And you do lose your shit. And if the players can't take it when you lose your shit, well, they should grow a bloody set. If you're getting paid $750,000 a season and you're... Who's you, getting paid $750,000 a season? If you're a player getting paid seven hundred fifty, and the stress is getting too much to you, you need to look at whether you're a professional footballer or a guy who who's should getting, just be living in Lancashire. Who's getting paid seven hundred fifty? He wasn't on that much, mate. He wasn't on that much. Regardless, he's getting. How much are you earning a year, Blarko? Okay? A lot less than that. A lot less than that. I'm earning a lot less than that. In fact, together we're earning a lot less than that, right? In fact, you take pretty much all our listenership. Well, on the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put it together. So if the players need to harden up. And, you know, and princes and princesses, you know. Oh, of course. Look, up, of sweetheart. course. But there's, there's different people are different, you know. Yeah, well, if they, if they go around acting like that, no one wants to buy cancer. So if you're, you're going out there leaking to the press or you're crying about stuff and, and going off on Instagram about stuff, do you really think the top coaches in this game, your Trent Robinsons, your Craig Bellamy's, uh, no, are, are looking at you saying, oh, gee, I'm going to hire that guy because I want to import cancer into my side. That's what I want. So they're not just damaging the club. They're being complete prats at the same time. And who's putting them up to it? Player freaking managers who are thinking, well, I'll get another deal. I don't care where it's coming from. I'm just getting my percentage. My percentage doesn't make a whole lot of difference like it does to them. So I'll just send them off. I'll well, find I another think, player I think when this. they sign, though, there's also, it works to the manager's favours when they sign a new deal. Yeah. Because they get some sort of, more of a share up front of, as part of a new deal. Yeah. And also the thing with the Isaac Moses, um, John Bateman, etc. when people change managers, the, well, the, the old manager is still getting the cut of the previous deal because they did that deal. So it's not until John Bateman signs a new deal or whoever it is signs a new deal that their new manager starts getting money. So that's why once they change managers, it's to the manager's benefit to try and get a, a, a new deal. Whether or not it's with the previous club or a new club, I'm not sure that it really has no, to. No, but at the other. same time, you, you can see these. So the two people I'm absolutely certain uh, wedded to the club and not walking out at any given moment or chucking in saying, well, I don't really care, are Ricky and Don. So, you know, when it comes right down to... And Jared Croker. And Jared Croker. Well, he's com- not going to get paid that much money. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, we're crazy to back anybody else. We can be unhappy about other stuff, but at the I'm end not, of the day... I'm not, they'll, they'll, I'm not suggesting that we should sack Don and Ricky and install um, John Bateman as captain coach. But at the same time, I'm really upset about how things have oh, gone. Oh, yeah, it's, I'm totally upset about it's it, too. Just, but they are, just, too. You know? It's just been absolutely gutting. And, and I think, like I said before, I think part of the reason is we are still trying to play a style of game that doesn't work anymore. We haven't adapted at all. So you can blame all these other no, factors. But adapting but... it comes down to where, how well you are. You are. So you've got the two groups of the players. You've got the young players who we're hoping to come through and give stuff who are young and fit and able to do stuff. And the older players who have definitely got the runs on the board know what they're doing, but maybe can't do the minutes they used to. The players we've got playing well this season, the old players have been there doing that. And the young players have not come up and really put their... You think Hudson Young's in the Reggies. Joe Tarpanay's on the bench. Corey Horsburgh's in the Reggies. Um, Corey Horsburgh's injured. Whatever, but he, you know, he's in and around those places. Emre Gula in and out of the side. You know, you've got these players that you yeah, but needed maybe, to come out but, and make a damn. But and maybe, the ones that are, maybe are, those players were never that great to begin with. Or maybe, maybe they looked. It's 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 easier for a young player yeah, but to come in and look good. That's yeah. about weather. But it's easy for those young players to come in last year or the previous year when we're going well and look good. Yeah, when agree. everything's clicking, when everything's turned to crap. Yeah, you know, it's a lot harder to, to come in and look good. Some of the young players have looked good. I mean. 
Tomoko's look good. Tomoko's look good. There, there have been moments. But uh, look, going back to the Dragons' loss, um, I, I think the twenty-dollar Blake and the Port Landspeed uh, records voucher goes to Josh Hodgson. I thought he was our best I, player on the field. No, I would have given it to, to Papali'i. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll give him ten dollars each. Yeah. Okay. Done. Okay, because, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. The experienced heads out there were the ones where, you know, the experienced good heads out there were the ones who were, I thought gave us our, our best hope. The Howling Gale. I, I was surprised that Josh Hodgson wasn't going for those 40 because he's got a hell of a boot for that. And that was a Howling Gale. I said to my friend because when I was watching the first half, I said, we've got to be up by at least 18 points because this is an 18-point breeze. And that's exactly what it was. Yes, just beggar's it, belief that we, it doesn't occur, that we still, we had that win at our back in the first half and we didn't attempt to use it at all mm. we just basically played the same game plan we would have played regardless mm. and then you know Einstein Ben Hunt in the second half I've got this 60k win behind my back how about I go for a 40-20 mm. oh that worked off we scored I'll do it again did it two times mm. I, I don't know, know. So, was... so that's that's you know that's is it on the players or is it on Ricky or is it on both between you know oh, I think I between... think that one's on both Josh Hodgson, Ricky Stewart, Sam Williams, and Jack White. It didn't occur to one of them once to kick early or go for a kick when you got that kind of wind. Well, back. look, it, look, I'd, I'd forgive Jack White in the sense that when he puts boot to ball these days, out on the full is a general, you know, result on that. And with that breeze, I mean, it wouldn't have just been out of the at the ground. Or the Maybe ball. he could have had a go. Would have been bouncing those, down on the beach. He could have had a go at kicking some of those touch finders when we got the. Um, the penalties in the second half, right at the end there. But Again, anyway. he probably would have kicked it over the in goal. I mean, so uh, that, that's that's. Uh, I have been to, to Wind Stadium a couple of times, yeah. and it is very windy. Very windy. It is very windy. I was there one day. I think it was two thousand and what was the first year of the of the Toyota Cup? Was it two thousand and eight? I think it was two thousand and eight, um, and Jamie Soward was absolutely tormenting William Zillman at the back for the Raiders, putting up these monster bombs into the wind. And yeah, Zilman had no idea, and we got absolutely destroyed. Right, that would have been about the last time before we went on that big run of beating yeah. the dragons. Well, we actually went back there the following year and we did beat them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so but um, and that following year, I think, was when um, uh, Big Nev Costigan was played centres against uh, Mark Gasnier and gave him a toweling. That was quite impressive. Um, so the Howling Gale was there. I was a bit disappointed we didn't get up. Um, the Xavier Savage debut. Was it a debut? Did he actually take the field? Does he get? Did he? he get was his on, yeah, he was. Off? He was on for nine minutes. He had one run. Yep. Uh, he didn't make any tackles, but he missed a tackle. Excellent. I've been checking out his stats because Savage Watch. It's a bit of a thing in Raiders fan circles on the forums. Savage Watch. Yeah. Savage on the. Green, oh, look, I'm green, glad he got on. I'm green disappointed it's going to cost the Raiders seventy five thousand dollars. Is that how much it is? Something to that effect. Yeah, that's what they, that's what the previous time this sort of thing happened. It was. It was massive. It won't be that much. And and it if, won't be and that much. Right. If we'd actually won the match, they would have taken the two points off us. Yeah. So this was Ricky's logic. Was it was actually a good thing we lost. So no, we it wasn't a good thing. It was a good thing we didn't have to deal with both. <laughs> Is what his point was. Ricky also said we were just the bounce of a ball away from winning. I agree bit with of, him. A bit we of lost luck. by two points. Bit of luck. Of bit course of we were a bounce of the ball and a bit of luck away from winning. That's perfect logic in a game lost by two points. And he was actually really happy with the progress of the side. And what's he going to say? Last time he laid into people, everyone went on their Instagram accounts and bagged him out as a big, mean Ricky. What would you say, Blake? For God's sake, people give him a go. You know, I wouldn't if say he, if he I goes hell for leather on members. Oh, big nasty me! If he says something positive, he said, "I can't believe you said something positive." Jeez, what? Is, okay, he is the Messiah. 
What chance does that give him? I don't think he should be trying to paint a rosier picture than, than it is. Uh, and what would you do? I sat in front of Kevin Walters, him doing his press conference after a miserable performance against the Raiders, and he sat there and he tried to be as cheerful as possible and upbeat in, in those things, and it was great. I could see what he was doing, right? But they're at the bottom of the ladder. They've got no hope in sight, so all he can do is be happy. He doesn't have expectations. Don't they have a buy coming up or something? Or they... Aren't they, they still going to move ahead of the Bulldogs? Oh, yeah, I think they might. Yeah, but I, I think since Josh Jackson's been back, I think the Bulldogs are going to win a few matches. They, they've looked a lot better. No, well, they've, they've got to play us again soon. So yeah, they're, 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 right, they're, 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 <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, so the fine, the fine was there. Look, I think the match turned on two things. Uh, the Gale was one thing, not using it properly. I think that was there too. But it turned on two things. One was when Sebastian Chris went off with the, the poke to the eye. And, look... Jack Bird did come across and put a forearm into his head. But in normal play, in the normal world, I wouldn't have even been calling for a penalty for that, let alone a sin bin. So the fact that that didn't happen to Bird, and, and I, having watched it a number of times, yeah, he got him. I just don't think it was more than a penalty, you know? So this is the thing. Did he really fail his HIA? Because Ricky said that he failed his HIA because he's got blurred vision. But did he have blurred vision because he had a thumb in the eye more than he actually got a whacked head? And I think that's exactly the case because I saw Jack... So is that technically failing an HIA? It's not. So we should probably get fined for that as well. Well, I think the fine is going to probably be... It doesn't really matter what... It's going to cover everything. It's going to cover everything. Everything can fit under that umbrella. But when he went off and the the restructure again, the Raiders before that point were looking quite okay in attack there were points there where I thought they were quite dangerous Sebastian Chris no himself. we started off well it's like all and these it was games started, but he good. went off and that went to a, a stop but then the other one was when we used our captain's challenge by Rapina saying wow. I didn't play at that ball the idea that a player who's diving falling over the line clearly not even playing at the ball and the ball touches him before a player who's clearly at that stage already dead and the ball touches him before it bounces the ground and they say that means you touched it, you played at the ball. What a lot of bollocks. But to this play is, at a ball, this is you the have same, to play at it. This is the same thing as the Bailey Simonson one, and that's why I was horrified that Rapana, Rapana challenged it, because I went, sure, I would have thought that that but was... I, also I, now know, that, I now know the rule that I, until the ball touches the ground on the other side of the dead ball, it's still in play. Yeah, but he didn't play. But And the other thing was, the, the dragon it's not coming dead through it, until the dragon it the coming ground. through it, touched it before it touched Rapana. <clears> and in that motion... Touched it forward. Rapana should it not be. It still had to be ours. I didn't know. And this is what grinds my gears. Rapana should not be allowed to have captain's challenges. Yeah, There's certain I, people. I'm it's props and wingers. It's You're props and wingers. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. But what grinds my gears on this is that on the replay, the Dragons player coming through with him before it hits Rapana, before they've actually they're going to in goal. Touches it with his hand. I don't recall that bit. Are you sure about that? Almost positive. Is this, is this poor it, it comes, historical revision creation of facts? It comes off him first. That's what I'm saying. It comes Listeners, off him first. can you please scrutinise this statement and, and let us know in the comments. It's a dumb rule. If you're dead in goal... Yeah, but we know it's a dumb rule. I said it was a dumb rule with the Simonson one. The, the ball... Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not talking about whether Rapina goes through. I'm saying it's a fucking dumb rule and it grinds my gears because it's a moronic rule. Why are you even... Going down that line with all the crap you have going at you at the present moment, NRL HQ, with all of the shite you have about the set restarts and the sin binnings and the inconsistency across there, why on earth would you choose this moment to play the card of, oh, well, technically, if you look at it by the laws of physics, 
What a stupid thing to do. Are you brainless? Can you not read the room, you morons? I will, I will say one thing for that game. The ruck was very slow. And there weren't... I don't think there were that many set restarts at all. No, that was all right. It seemed like but, the ruck... That's probably why the scores anyway, were lower. Before you start interrupting my segment, that's what grinds my gears. Okay. Let's go straight into Blake on the burst. Blake on the burst! <laughs> the 18th man rule. Oh. It's like if someone goes Reach. off, if someone goes off for foul play, yeah, you should be allowed to use your 18th man rule. If there's a report, you, yeah, it's someone there's been an incident, uh, the the it, the thing has gone on report. At that point, the 18th man should be triggered. It shouldn't have Reach. to be a bar of there needing to be a sin bin or a send off. Yeah. Because what constitutes a sin bin in the rugby league varies so widely between one week to the next. We saw, How can you have that as a set benchmark? We saw in that very match, and I completely agree with you, we saw in that very match, Ravalawa do a, that should have been a, a shoulder off. charge on Elliot Whitehead, should have been a send-off, wasn't even binned. Yeah. Wasn't even... Well, they didn't pick it up. I don't think the bucket tipped it off until, because it got put on a report, you know, three or four tackles yeah. later, and we didn't see it. I didn't see it at the time. But, but that's you that's, get four weeks for, well, that's, that's a send-off. Do you know how many times he's been charged? This is his third or fourth charge this year. And that's the, the difference in the winning and losing of the match. Uh, that and, and But that should have had the 18th man on, but Elliot's always going to get up. Yeah. But no, it should have been sent off. They're going to be serious. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely dead right um, just to go on the burst about this because the instant someone's on a report and there's a suggestion of foul play and that player can't come on to that, unless you have conclusive proof by that stage, oh no, we don't think that's the case, then the 18th man is activated. Yep. And saying, oh, it's either a sin bin or a send-off. What a lot of rot. Okay, this is a mini episode, so let's get on to the next... It is a mini episode. We, we Danny Stewart. Oh, Danny Stewart, all right. <coughs> Yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of a uh, Canberra ace coach, Ricky Stewart. <coughs> was a little phenomenon that I uh, want to educate you on, Raiders fans, and that's called the uh, BOTB factor. <coughs> the BOTB factor, the bounce of the ball factor, is a uh, phenomenon that uh, directly costs us 10 points this year. Uh, you look at the Warriors game, the uh, in round three, the uh, Knights game, uh, we had the uh, Cowboys game there, we had uh, the Dragons game just gone. And I'd even argue the uh, Roosters game where they beat us 44-16, uh, I'd even argue the BOTB cost us that one. <coughs> if you look at that game again, the BOTB cost us at least uh, five tries in that game. Uh, you take five converted tries off the Roosters, we win in that one 16-14. <coughs> Oh, so I've had a look at the BOTB ladder, the ladder that I've uh, done myself, and uh, we're in the top four on that one, so uh, that's the ladder I'm going by. Stuff the actual uh, official ladder, the BOTB ladder, where uh, we're sitting pretty in full spot. <coughs> now, I just want to clarify the uh, uh, Xavier Savage, uh, Savage situation uh, from uh, Saturday night. Uh, I, uh, I take the responsibility there, because uh, uh, Rick actually texted me at half-time, and I... Uh, uh, to clarify the situation there, whether we could get him on or not, and uh, I must confess, I said, uh, fuck it, Rick, just get him on, mate. Uh, <coughs> uh, I think we both agreed that we were going to get run down anyway, and it uh, wouldn't hurt him to have a bit of a taste of, uh, of NRL. So uh, the, boys didn't, uh, the boys didn't follow the script there uh, for a little while. Joey Tarpany went over, and uh, we went ahead 20 to 8, and uh, there was a couple of airy, uh, there was a few airy moments there when... Uh, uh, I know that trying for you had it, Rick. Uh, we thought, fuck, you know, surely we're not going to uh, actually win this game. But uh, the boys uh, followed the game plan well. They're in the last 20 and uh, uh, shut the bed as they've done all year and uh, lost the game at footy. So that was a massive relief for Rick and uh, the club and the fans. 
Oh, so hanging there, Raiders fans, the uh, BATB will start going our way soon, and uh, when that happens, uh, look out the rest of the NRL. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> well done, Danny. Thanks, Danny. You're, uh... number three, mate. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his fans, Danny. Oh, he He's does. Got He's got a couple. You know, look, when all around is dark, with Danny Stewart still here to... <coughs> Few people have asked me, actually, which one of us is Danny. But I'll ne- we'll never reveal, will we? Never. Never. We will never reveal. Yeah, just like the storeroom, we'll never reveal. Um, who's got a lift? Who's got a lift? It's still Jack Whiten. He, you know why? Because he's actually getting worse. And that game on the weekend, that was his, the worst game I've seen him play in a long, long time. Some of his efforts in defence, like defence is a thing that we this is something I've on. been noticing. Some he's of his efforts on defence. He got put to school, made look like a fool by Jack Bird. And uh, running at him in the back row multiple times, pushed away from him, got away from him. It was shocking. I mean, going into that game, you would have thought the matchup of a back rower on a back you would have been worried about would have been Tarek Sims on Sam Williams. Mm. Well, Tarek Sims, I don't know if it's a post-origin hangover, but he was very quiet. Mm. But Jack Bird did a number on mm. um, why it was, it was terrible. He did. And I thought Jack, Jack Bird was good. Um, having said that, um, as we had people around in the match, I was not allowed to watch the second half because apparently I was getting too emotional. You know, you could, have, you could have watched it since. Yeah, Pre-doing a, a show that you called Quarter. Raiders Review. Maybe you would have like... Reviewed the subject everything that you're talking talk about. about. I, everything I talked about, I saw, and I did see the replay of the Ravalara incident. Yeah, fair enough. Right, so these are the things I haven't talked about. The one where you talk about Sam Williams passing the head, I heard about <laughs> it, but I haven't watched. That it. was I, the low I, point. I choose not to. Uh, but Jackie Boy, Jackie it Boy. It was at that moment that I realised what's going on. That Sam Williams as well. I mean, again, we should have known this, but we're not winning a comp with Sam Williams at half as much as we all love him as much as a reliable dependable loyal servant that he is and I know he wasn't the only problem or the biggest problem no but at the same time he goes missing a lot in some of these games where well, you, you where, apart from goal kicking and passing the ball into someone's head and electing not to kick for touch I don't know what he did yeah well leave him alone it, Jack there's an expectation on Jack well, it's also yeah, it's a much bigger. There's a, with with the pay packet goes the uh, the, yeah, the, the pressure. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Jack's got to have a dig. I again, I said it last week, and I'm gonna say it again. Put him to fullback. See what happens. I, he I could don't turn mind into a Tommy Turbo. Bailey hasn't been that bad at fullback. Bailey was absolutely brilliant at fullback again. He didn't get as many no. attacking opportunities as he got against the Broncos, which yep. is not surprising. Yep. But he did get put under a whole lot more yeah. pressure at the back. Yeah. And he was with that Gale. Yeah. And I thought he did pretty he did damn well. Job. So that, that's that's the problem I have with moving him back there. We found a place where Robin Peter pay Paul. What I want is the real Jack Whiten to stand up and Well start. what about what about Bailey the five eight? Because according to Brayton Astor, he's got an excellent kicking game. Does he? Did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't. In previewing the match, Brayton Astor said, oh, what I, re- what I really liked about um, Bailey Simonson against the Broncos was his kicking game. Isn't and I was that like, the one where he did a corrected text? Yes. Yeah, he did yeah, a corrected no, So I said, I really liked the game. And I, was like, I tweeted, did I just hear Brayton Astor talk about Bailey Simonson's kicking game? Because I was like, surely he didn't say that. And then they came back from the break and said, oh, just, 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 just correct something I just said before. Yeah, I meant, I meant his passing game. Oh, he didn't kick the ball. <laughs> Very good. Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. So, this is time for everyone's favourite segment. I bet you're all hanging on the edge of your chairs to find out who is the ass Clown of the Week. 
It's well, unanimous. It's actually <laughs> one of those times where Blake and I completely agree. It's George Williams. And it's not you. Well, I'm the perennial. I'm the... You're on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Yes, absolutely. I'm there. No questions asked. But it's George Williams. So George Williams, um, I don't know what day it was, Wednesday or Thursday, he did, did you see he did like a post on Instagram and stuff? And yeah, it was, yeah, it was very it. magnanimous and very, is that yeah, the correct yeah, word? Yeah. It was very sort of conciliatory yeah. and, you know, thanks to the fans and, you know, although things didn't end up as I would have yeah, liked, yeah. it was all, and we all thought, oh, that's, that's good, nice. we all move on. And then, and then Saturday morning, yep, the article came out, the, the, not written by Michael Chamis, so don't no. get on Twitter and abuse him. It was abuse Michael Carianis. A colleague, and and not a hatchet merchant. Not a hatchet merchant. He just isn't a hatchet merchant. I know everyone went for, oh, it's a hatchet merchant. He works for the Daily Telegraph. He does work for the Daily Telegraph, but this is like, what's happened here is, is George Williams has reached out to him and said, I'll tell you. And one of the reasons he's reached out to him is because... Well, because Hoops isn't going to write the story. Well, I don't know who is, but it wasn't a hatchet job. It literally, when you read it, which I didn't want to, but I did, it, it's... Do you know what the really... This is what George said. Do you know what the really embarrassing part was? Did you see that little... Most the little, of it. The video clip, though, where he says, Hey, it's George Williams here. I'm going to tell you the real story of what happened. Did you see that bit? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm going to play it. I'll play it in the show. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, well, I, I didn't... But the thing is, like, it's if you're going to go down that route and try and be magnanimous and everything and then come out and just say, here's my side of the story. I'm skipping the country now, by the way, so there's no right of reply on this. And this is another thing people need to know, Georgie. You can come out and say all your side of the story and stand there and all the other side of the story, all the other side of the story can't be proved. All the stuff against you, George, can't be proved. No one can actually come out and say definitively the allegations that they would make in rebuttal against you are absolutely, you can't absolutely prove them. So if they come out there and say, well, George did this and George did that and George did this, George can get angry and go get a lawyer because those things can't be proved. Look, and I this was... is the thing. So it's one thing to throw punches when people have got their hands tied behind their backs. It's another thing if you actually come out and acknowledge stuff, then let's let's talk about the unfairness you treated, but let's also remember George Williams, Ask Clown of the Week, who I really liked and thought was a, a top bloke. Just remember when you're going out and throwing those spanners, a lot of people can't say what their impression was of what happened or what you did, what your part in the process was. They can't say it, but that doesn't mean people don't know it. Well, I think what what really you know made how he's made himself to be a real ass clown of the situation is the fact that we thought, okay, he's homesick, he wants to go back to Wigan. The club, the town that he's from, the club that he's played for since he was a junior, where all his mates still are, presuming all his friends and family are still mm -hmm. in Wigan. But no, he's turned his back on Wigan, although he had a contract, another contract that he'd signed, that said, were he to return to the uh, to the Super League for the NRL, he had to sign for Wigan. And he's turned his back on Wigan because he's been offered a hell of a lot more money, probably twice as much money, to go play for Warrington. So in the end, what all this proved, that it was always all about the money for him and that's very possibly the case I mean I can't put I mean I don't know I don't know they're, they're, I tell you there's a couple of people I think, George and I Williams think... is one of them and, and we're speculating and we should make that clear we are speculating but that's all we can do in this circumstance we don't know for sure but those facts are out there and you think to yourself well, it doesn't look good does it no he looks like a total ass clown and he kind of thought that he was going to do this article on his way out, literally from the airport, skip out the door, have the last word. Mm. But in the end, the, the Wigan uh, chairman had the last word when he said, Wigan could have forced the issue legally, but that's not how we operate. If a player is emotionally absent, 
then there is no point in him being at Wigan. Which is the same thing, which is, I think, the same logic that Don and Ricky used exactly at the Raiders. Exactly like, Well, the same. if you don't want to be here, there's the go. door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, here you go. You're not part this, of our forward planning. There this, you go. We'll release you, you now. We need to get back on exactly. What is and there. and at the time, we were pretty harsh on the way Don and Ricky um, handled it. And look, PR wise, they didn't do it that well. But in hindsight, I backed them one hundred percent now. I backed and them one hundred percent then. You may recall. Yeah, but you backed them no matter what. No, <laughs> I backed them off the microphone as well as on microphone on this one. Did I not? <laughs> you backed them no matter what. I do. It's true, and that's right. But that's it's because like. So he's gone to Warrington. I've made Essentially, that logic. Warrington has a multi-million dollar private owner. Yeah. And they have Gareth Widdop on there on about eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollar contract. Yeah, yeah. Oh which no, he's I... going here, George. You can have this eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, much more than he was on here, much more than he was getting at Wigan. You know, he got what he wanted. He should just stop whinging. I think he's pissed off. That he's not getting any money for the rest of this year. But you know. I, I think, I think, and again, this is speculation. I have no proof or evidence for this. I, I, I think there is a possibility that George might have actually been angry at Wigan um, through this whole process of getting released from the Raiders and going back there. Things may have occurred or not occurred that meant that George felt perhaps angry with Wigan for one reason or another. Pure speculation. But I am thinking, why else would a player... Money. Who, yeah, but I don't think the money is that different. No, it is. It's, uh, well, it's and, and maybe it is, but if it's, it's substantially different, come on. Yeah, but he signed like we pay a transfer fee. Yeah, we get nothing out of that. He skips this contract here. Yeah, no, no. He then I signs another saying. contract in Wigan. He gets out of that because ultimately, and this is old thing. People say, well, contracts aren't worth anything. Well, no, I agree, they're not. Essentially, they're, they aren't because there's not. no point having someone part of your organisation forcing oh. them to be there if they don't but, want to be there. But the only thing it's we the, got in our, our conditions, it's Ivan Cleary's bus, was that. Yeah, that's right. But the only thing that we got out of, of, got of that himself. release is that's right. Um, the only thing we got out of that release is is the thing that basically said you can't go play for another NRL club this season or next. You're did, being released that, to go. Did home. It actually say that? Pretty sure, yeah. You're being released to go back to England. Where did you see that? I heard that. Where did you hear that? I heard that. This is is this your UK Twitter source? You owe me fifty cents because you bet me on the last. I do, episode I do, I that, do. That, I that George Williams would be at Wigan next year, and I said no, he's going to Warrington. And next time I have fifty cents, I will bring it to you because I am a man who pays his bets. Yeah, so I will do that. You were right. Um, listener of the week. Um, going to another repeat here. Young CJ Perry Perry. That was lovely, lovely, uh, completely undeserved, um, but lovely review on iTunes out there. Well, I haven't know. read it yet. He, he was a bit concerned because he posted one and it hadn't come up, and he's like, do you guys need to approve that review yeah. on iTunes? Yeah. I was like, well, no, really. that would kind of defeat the purpose that if I got, approve, <laughs> <laughs> I got to approve I got to approve it. There'd be a lot of yeah. redactions in the current it ones. To, it allows me to edit it as well. I actually wrote the um, OG Wollongong Bleeding Green. <laughs> he's from Wollongong. He's a bogan. That was great. And we one love you, thing, OG. We love you. Thing. I hope you're safely driving those trucks at the moment. What? Because you Don't fall asleep. Yeah. That, those, that input it was delightful to us. And, and it was heard and understood. And, you know, there was weight in it. You yes. Know? Let's keep on listening to us. Don't, as you said, don't listen to the Green Machine podcast. Yeah. Because you, you will fall asleep. Bloody Dan from the sport just going on there again. You know, you think you know a guy. You think you know a guy. He's been on there loads of times, man. You don't know because you don't listen. I listen to him sometimes. I listen. I don't listen to this one. <laughs> no, but I mean, Dan, this is what I want to say to you, mate. When your firstborn came out and it was a wonderful moment, was it Solzy who went out and made sure that Sia sent you a nice message, was it? 
Was it? I don't think it was. Anyway, CJ Perry Perry, he's a two-time listener of the week now. And there's, you know there's, there's a few of them now. Yeah, and there was someone I had in mind to come up with the first time. I suddenly thought, and then I completely forgotten who it was because, oh. as you know, I make no record. Basically, if you want to be listener of the week, get on um, iTunes and give us a review. Good, it bad, or yeah, ugly. It doesn't, it doesn't, have <laughs> doesn't even have to be good. Um, just, just be out there. Um, I'm just going to say one more thing on the Ricky Stewart, George Williams thing. So the, so the crux of this story and the, and the subsequent one he's done with the BBC in the UK yeah. was that Ricky was like a father to him, uh, you know, did everything for him right up until the point that, you know, the relationship was broken and he hasn't spoken to him on anything since and he felt quite burnt by that. But that just is how Ricky is. I mean, Ricky is the most loyal person in the world up until the point that he perceives that you have burnt him or wronged him. Yeah. And then you, you're freaking dead to him. Yeah. That's Ricky. D.E. dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you found out. I did not find <laughs> out. I did not find out. Did not know. He no, is. So that's, that's exactly who he is. And the great... You can, you can get back in Ricky's good graces. The great, the great thing about him is this, is he is actually listening to you people. If you've got something to say, you want to say it to him. He's listening, and he'll talk to you about it. If you want to just come up and abuse him, no, he's not listening to that. Who are we talking about now? Ricky. Oh, Ricky. If you want to tell him something, tell him. Find a way to tell him, you telling him. And there are ways to tell him. There are ways to contact through the club, etc., to get him those things. Send a letter, whatever. He is listening to you. He is Maybe listening. you could give out his number on air, and then the listeners could like send him anything. Text messages or... Do you just live to stir shit? Is that what you do? Is that is that what you think in any way, shape or form? That have, you, I would have, ever you still, do? have you still got his number? No, nah, I've been blocked. But, okay. you know, that's, that's a different story. And look, look, you know, fair cop. I'd done it, so I had to nail my head to the table. Um, but no, no, no. But no, he is. He's a really fair person. The instant you, um, you know, you cross anybody... No, nah, but Ricky's notorious. He's got his friends and his enemies and there's kind of, you know... Yeah, so, and, look, so and I, everyone knows I, I've I've attached me in my cart completely to him. If he goes down, I go down with him, and, that, and that's just the way it is. And that's a decision you got to make in these crazy times. No, in in any sort of relationships you have, there comes a point where, and I don't want to say the my country right or wrong line because that that's also fraught with things. But when you stand back and you look and say, who's actually really invested in this like I'm invested in it? Who believes in this like I believe in it? Who wants it like I want it? And the answer you constantly, I constantly come up with, this guy is more invested in this club than I am. He is. He is the most invested in this club of anybody I ever. Well, run he into. watched. He watched the second half of the game. He so. did. He did. <laughs> so it doesn't take much to be more invested than you. I wasn't allowed to. And in and, and all fairness, I was getting pretty cranky and swearing because I knew that was an 18-point gale. I knew if we went up by 20, we were going to lose. Anyway. But, anyway, so... But that's the thing. He is the most invested. Okay. No one cares. No one wants it more than him. Why We're going over wouldn't? old territory here. Let's, let's... Ricky's great. All right. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. It's a bye weekend, people. Two points. <laughs> Yeah, but everyone gets two points. I don't care. <laughs> Stop trying to take me down, Nark. <laughs> There's a reason to be cheerful. A uh, reason to be cheerful. Xavier Savage did debut. Sorta. Um, reason to be cheerful. Josh Papalihi looking good again. Hopefully he has a great game in Origin. I don't think it'll be enough to um, turn around the fortunes of Queensland. Reason uh, to be cheerful. Harley Smith Shields came back in the Reggies and did played well. Played the second in, half. He did all right. Injury yeah, free. So very soon um, we'll see him. Corey Harawida Nida. 
has been great. He's been, he's now looking like the player yep. that we thought we were signing um, to replace John Bateman. Because for a while there, I was wondering if he was a bit of a lemon. I, I mean, last year he obviously wasn't. I, I wasn't. Enough, I wasn't but... pro it. He has now made me pro. He has. He has through his efforts, through his play. I am pro. So yeah, no, I'm all good with that. I, I think I think he's very good. He's probably on the bus, isn't he? On Ricky's bus. I think he's on the bus. I think yeah. anyone there's the, that's on the bus there now. I'm very much hoping that Joey and Ricky are, are working together because I'd love to see Tarps like get back to his form because he gets back to the form. The Raiders look twenty times better. He's a funny one. He's such a weapon. Well, and look. You hope he, he can, because I want him to stay at the Raiders. I want him to stay in green. He's been here since he was, a, you know, like since I we think, coached him from the Knights. I think one thing that we have learnt with the um, a few players over the years, notably say uh, Joey Leilua, mm. in that at a certain point, I think Ricky loses patience with some of the the more enigmatic, the ones who need a lot of work, to hard work players. And it's what someone told me was that. Um, Ricky felt that he had squeezed all the juice he possibly could out of the, the Leilua lemon. And look, yeah. you know, Joey's done nothing to suggest now. Again, I was critical at the time, but he's, he hasn't done a lot of the Tigers to suggest that oh, look, it was and, a wrong call by Rick. And don't forget that he was, um, you know, debuted in 2010. So, you know, this is season 12, is it? Yeah. And so, I mean, like, that's, that's a really good He's career. a player that should go to the Super League. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I, I still miss his smile. I still miss the, the, the X Factor stuff that he did. You know, I miss that. I miss that. I, the I, knees in the back. <laughs> I don't miss that crap. But, I, you know, like even when things were going bad, I thought, oh, God, we need a replacement centre at this stage. You know, he's playing Reggie's at the moment. We're still paying freight on his contract. I still enjoyed it when he actually, like, um, mocked the Morris brothers when they are down on the ground, but that's just me. Yeah, no, the Morris brothers are a little bit nice. They're actually nice humans. No, they're just phonies, man. No, they're not. They're just phonies. No, they're not. No, they're no, just no. phonies. No, no, they're not. I love when, when the the play acting in the SCG, man. That that. Oh yeah, that was bad. But B and J Moz off the field at top. They're good. They're good value. Anyway, I mean, I know they played for the Bulldogs and the Roosters, but they're still good value. Um, you know, they're actually, you know, there there's those where, you know, you get in the in the tunnel and you just think, Oh, oh look, they're probably pretty good. They are nice. But that that play acting stuff oh, yeah, that was did crap. get to me. And also too, it's like normally we're the ones in the ground and other people laughing at us, so it was yeah, just yeah. nice to be laughing at them for once. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, you always like to think of yourselves the good guys though. You always like Well, you know, it's 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 that's the perennial thing, isn't it? One 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 side's Freedom fighters, the other side's terrorist. Yeah, well, I I I'd put up with the idea of us being the bad guys if we were winning, and I think I mean that's the position that the Roosters and the Storm are always in, you know. And and now Penrith this season, you know, everyone's having a go at them because they're winning. It's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, of course. I, I'd <laughs> I, I'd I'd swap all of this happy, you know, charming misery for people like really really hating on us, but we were winning. I'd swap it all. Stop it all, you know. At least you don't want to know how far I'd go, you know. It's that, it's, it's that sort the of The things I've done. <laughs> and the things I would do. You don't want to know how far I go. You don't want to know what I compromised to get the Raiders to the Premiership glory anyway, again. You this don't is, this want to know, to, people, to what a, I would actually do. This is supposed to be a, a short episode. Uh, but I guarantee I'd do things that most people... <laughs> this is supposed to be a short bike episode. i things that make a Billy Boat go puke. Because there's no extended bench. There's no... No, there's not. But, but, more to the point... Is there a worse 
piece of acting in the history of cinema than the lieutenant who comes to try and get Rambo out of the forest. Oh, man, I've never seen Rambo. You've never seen First Blood. <laughs> no. You never saw First no. Blood. You've got to go. And all of you listening out there, if you haven't seen, go back and find it online. I forgot what his name is, Lieutenant Porkchop or something like that. Um, doing is this First Blood or yeah, is yeah, this first Rambo? Blood, first Blood. I'm here to rescue you. You don't seem to understand. I'm here to rescue you from John Rambo. He's trained to live off the land and make things that make a billy goat puke. And, but it's not just how bad, how camp he is or how badly he delivers these hackneyed, cliched lyrics. Have a look at the uniform he's in. It's like they didn't even try. It's sort of like a bathrobe and a beret. <laughs> it's hilarious. Right. Anyway, the point is, I would, the things I would do to get the Camberators, our beloved Camberators over the line to Premiership Glory again, you don't want to know, people, but you, I just want you to know, I'd do them. I don't doubt it. Don't no, doubt you it. don't. Got the Titans at home next Saturday, 3rd of July at 5.30. I mean, they're going even worse than we are currently. Well, are they? They score more points than we do. Yeah, true. And and it was the Tommy Turbo show. So, I mean, yeah, I've never seen a, a second half like that in the whole time I've watched football. A turnaround from a 24 points to 8 to whatever the hell. I'm going to come straight and say, the only thing that's going to hold my interest in rugby league for the rest of this year mm. is seeing if Tommy Turbo can deliver Manly Premiership. And I know we're not supposed to like Manly and all the rest of it, I but like I like him. Oh, I, like, he's great. I like Tommy Turbo. I have the honour of being the very first person to do an interview with him um, where was that? I remember he did debut down against in, us. Down in Aubrey. Yeah. So I, no one was going. He scored two tries in that match and everyone was trying to interview. And I went, that guy scored two tries and no one competed. I went and got him. I did the very first, first grade interview with Tommy T. There you go. So there you go. And he was a lovely young no, man. He is. And he remains awesome. being a lovely awesome. young man. The, the whole, the, both brothers are awesome. I mean, I hope when he plays us, he loses and loses horribly. But apart from that, no, I'm a big fan. And, and my mate DCE plays with him too. Fuck that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> then we have, talking about them, the Sea Eagles away on Thursday. So we're going to lose July. that one. Well, it's a five-day turnaround for I've, both of us. I've gone through the draw, and if we get two or at most three victories from the remaining fixtures, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. And that, I've that got, will hopefully... I've got 50 cents that says we're going to get another four victories at least. No, nah, it's the bets on, man. The bets no. on. We've got to play no, no, no. the Storm you away. The, 50 cent the Roosters ride. away. Are you going to let the 50 cent ride? Yes. Or are you copying it? Okay, yeah. 50 cent ride. We've got to play the Storm away. We've got to play the Roosters away. We've got to play Parramatta away. Sharks at home. We'll lose that one. Tights at home. We'll probably lose that one. Bulldogs. <laughs> You're a real source of light and joy in the world. At oh, the we moment, we, we must be at home to the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. We would home be. to the Bulldogs. So we might win that one. Are we playing the Broncos away? No, I don't remember. We don't... The only reason to be cheerful, I don't think we played the Panthers again. No, we don't. We don't. We should. We should play them twice a season because we usually get good matches I, out look, of it. When we had that game early in the round, I was like, well, we don't get to play them uh, in the regular home and away se- series, but we'll probably play them again in the prelim or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> remember when we were all saying that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. All right, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular podcast on the internet. Uh, Ra- the- Ra- Raiders podcast Cam on the Raiders. internet. Cam Raiders specific. Yeah, it's podcast on the internet. Um, yeah, and um, we'll speak to you again soon. Break out the pork. Break out the pork.